And welcome back, everybody, to the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com, uh, a pretty good free website that talks all about Ohio State athletics. We've been doing this for like two and a half years, still haven't really stuck to a particular uh, tagline here. We are recording this show on uh, Tuesday, April 11th, here in the afternoon in an absolutely gorgeous day in downtown Washington, D.C. And uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like the Internet over the last 48 hours has been particularly garbage fiery, right? It's been one gigantic outrage from another, whether that's something that the White House press secretary said or whether that's, you know, United executing some kind of Mortal Kombat fatality move on some poor doctor who wouldn't get out of his seat or, you know, whatever other kind of thing that we're mad about on Twitter.com. And what I would like to propose is, at least for the duration here of this conversation, that we can step away from being whatever it is that we're mad online about and talk about some honest-to-God football-like substance. Not a football game. It's April. We're a long way from actual football games. So we have the closest thing to a football-like substance that we're going to have here for a while. Is that right, Cole? That's absolutely right, Matt. Much like the spot, spring games, especially at Ohio State, are actually good. So let's not get mad about it. <laughs> no, no. I, I, you know, so the spring game is this, is this Saturday. And, you know, now that we've had a couple of weeks with, with, without hard and fast Ohio State news, uh, you know, I, we're following Ohio State basketball recruiting and roster attrition pretty closely, but I know the rest of the world isn't. Um, I, I think it can be easy to, to overreact to, to spring games. So before we dig into what we're watching and what this means and what to look for and all that stuff, I want to very quickly just hit the, the, the same caveat that I think we talked about uh, a fair amount last year, right? Is the spring game an actual football game? No, it's no. not. But I, I do think, and I, I don't mean to get like all SEC, it just means more on everybody here, but I do think that Ohio St- at Ohio State especially, and maybe at a place like Alabama as well, it holds maybe higher weight or more weight than at certain other schools. Like I was watching Texas A&M spring game this past weekend and it was a football scrimmage, but there, there wasn't that many people there, especially for a stadium that big. And I would guess that this year's Ohio state spring game isn't, it doesn't have kind of the fanfare that I think prior years have had. I don't think the crowd's going to be quite as big, but you're still going to get a pretty good amount of people there. And I, I do think that Urban Meyer and the coaching staff do a good job of not going out of their way like other coaches do and saying, well, this is just a practice, but it's in front of our fans. Or, you know, this, this is just another kind of showcase. I think they do a good job of making it mean a little bit more without – you know, putting the pressure of, hey, this is an actual game. So I do think that, especially for the young guys, this holds a certain amount of significance because you are playing in Ohio Stadium for the first time. There are probably going to be more than 50,000 people. And like you said, it's going to be a football-like substance. It's not going to be kind of a mix between game action and like what I'm sure you saw with BYU just more drills. So I think that that's a benefit to this. And I, I do think that the, the coaching staff has, has done a good job of marketing this game and making it mean at least something rather than just like a glorified spring scrimmage. It is awfully charitable of you to assume that I watched any of BYU <laughs> spring. No, no, man. I, I, I haven't watched any spring practice, spring game, anything on TV. Like, I, you know, I, we've been following the practice reports for Ohio State's practices. Those are important, but I'm, I'm not about to go sit down here on my limited weekends, because I just started getting weekends off after being on for like seven months in a row uh, to go watch 
a practice, not the game, not the game that I live and die for. We're talking about practice. But I, I agree with you that at Ohio State, it, it, isn't, ex- it isn't exactly a practice, right? There are going to be 60,000-plus people showing up at this thing. It's not going to break records like it did last year because they're doing some renovations and repairs to the shoe. So I think like 20,000 or so um, seats are, are not going to be available. It, it, but, you know, it's going to be close to full, whatever that capacity is, assuming the weather isn't complete. But, And if you are a younger player or somebody a little bit farther down the depth chart, this is the closest thing that you're going to see to like – Football action, right? Like the walk-ons play in these. People who are, you know, three and four on the two deep play in, in these games, and you know, th- they certainly care about it. So, yeah, I mean, the, the play calling isn't going to reflect what we're going to see. The tackling is not the same. There's going to be some weird rules, and we're probably going to see Urban Meyer like have somebody kick a field goal nine times in a row because uh, it's not exactly real. So we shouldn't try to draw the same conclusions that we draw from an actual football game, um, but. It is. It is something, and there there are a couple of things that, that we can look at. This, this is a fun a fun chance to get to see some of the uh, younger players in action. Some of the some of the new recruits. Some of the some of the new faces. And you know sometimes those that that spring practice, that spring those spring performances correlate to on on the field success, right? Like Mike, Mike the the big example that we, we talk about here is Mike Thomas was like the spring game DB for a couple of seasons. Didn't immediately uh, translate into on the field production, but that now he not not only was he an excellent wide receiver at Ohio State, he's like one of the best wideouts in the NFL right now. Last year, Jerome Baker had an amazing interception, played really well in the spring game, had a great season for Ohio State. But for every one of those, there's a Torrance Gibson, there's a Ray Small. There's a Nick Connor. Uh, there's other guys that uh, you know don't stick with the program or get injured or for whatever reason uh, don't translate. So now that you know we, we kind of pooped on this here a little bit, what are some of the things that you are most excited about uh, to look for for the spring game? Because it's not nobody really gives a shit who wins. You mentioned the new faces, and there's a lot of new faces on the team in terms of early enrollees that are going to be in this game. But I think the new face that I'm looking for is, is coming from the coaching staff and specifically Kevin Wilson. And what interests me about this is maybe I'd be wrong if I went back and looked at previous Ohio state spring games, but urban Meyer doesn't strike me as the kind of coach that gets worried about, you know, running more than just your base offensive plays in spring games for fear that other coaches are going to see it and prep for it. So I don't think that they're going to unleash everything in the spring game, but I do think this is the first real chance at, like we said, kind of game action for Kevin Wilson and this first team offense to get out there, even if it's just for a little bit, maybe a quarter and kind of work on some of the new concepts and work on this offense. And I'm really intrigued to see not only, how they run these play calls, but who's more involved? Are tight ends getting involved? How are runs being distributed? You know, are they going more short style rather than what they've done in the past? And that's try to go deep with JT Barrett. So I do think that maybe we're not going to be able to glean exactly what Ohio state is going to do on offense next season from the spring game. But I do think it'll give us a nice little window into kind of their philosophy on how this offense or at least how they want to run this offense in 2017. I think that's a great point, right? The, the obvious spring game storyline, and it's one that I don't want to spend a whole lot of time dwelling on here because there's going to be a gajillion articles and other podcasts talking about this particular position group, but it's with the wideouts, right? Ohio State's replacing a lot of production. This, the position group underperformed last year. Who steps up? 
that's important. But what the passing game looks like in general as a product of Kevin Wilson is probably the single most interesting storyline to me here as well. What kind of efficiency do we see, not just from JT Barrett, but from the rest of the quarterback room, since lots of people are going to play. And I would assume Barrett probably doesn't play uh, that much. Um, where are those targets going to? Like the Ohio State's recruited at tight end very well. Is, are we going to see Luke Farrell get involved? Are we going to see Jake Hausman get involved or, or A.J. Alexander or some of these other guys? Um, and what does the tempo look like? You know, who's, who, you know, how it's not so much who's catching the passes, I think, but how they're utilized, the tempo and, and the efficiency is, is going to be interesting here to me. If we, I mean, like, I'm, you're not expecting any kind of like, 68 percentage you know completion percentage kind of day out of your quarterbacks because you generally throw more during the spring anyway uh and you know you expect people to be a little bit rusty but if you know everyone comes out and they're throwing under 50 percent might be a little bit of cost for some nervousness yeah and i think to your point the bigger thing that i will personally take away from this game rather so than you know like last year you looked at torrence gibson and i want to say what three touchdown catches i think if you're a fan and you you really want to try to find some nuggets from this game don't look at the stat sheet just kind of look at the philosophy and like you said the tempo who's getting involved the tight ends getting involved are running backs being involved, especially guys like Demario McCall and a new face in J.K. Dobbins? Are they being involved in the passing game, especially with screens? That was something that Ohio State fans saw firsthand from those Indiana offenses that Wilson had is that they really like to get their running backs involved in the short passing game. So I think you can take more philosophically and tempo-wise out of this spring game than you really can from a, a player standpoint of, of who's going to be the next star, especially when it comes to the younger guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that, I, I, I agree completely. Like not, not that, you know, if KJ Hill comes out of here and catches six balls for 89 yards, like, are we going to write about it? Like, absolutely. That, you know, that, that, that will be interesting and, and exciting, but those are that that's not what I would get hung up on necessarily. And another thing that I think is going to be interesting was exactly how what would some of the some of the two deep position battles are going to look like along the lines and and who's getting who's going to be getting play and, and how this works I think will be particularly interesting you know Knox was somebody uh, at right guard um, and potentially even at right tackle or you know uh, the backup for right tackle was thought to be uh, in, a, in a position to get a lot of playing time then he, he's uh, excused or not not excused absent rather from the student appreciation day scrimmage. Is he in trouble? Is he hurt? There hasn't been uh, anything mentioned about that. Who's who's going to come in here at a um, right guard, I think, is, a, is an interesting question. And what the exact formation along the defensive line or rotation is going to look like along the defensive line. Because there's so much experience coming back to this unit. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we've heard a little bit about over the past couple of days is potentially utilizing Sam Hubbard as a linebacker. In, in some pass rush situations so that Ohio State can just get all of their best pass rushing guys on the field at the same time. Obviously, he's somebody who's, who's more likely to line up as a defensive end. That's where he's seen playing time before. I don't know if you're going to see some kind of tweaks on the rushman package uh, in the spring game or, or particular players since you know they're going to be spread out over multiple teams and, and different positions. Yeah, and that's why I think that it's going to be kind of hard to make steadfast conclusions about the offense because – there, there's a very real possibility that the offensive line gets their ass kicked by the defensive line. Cause like, I, I don't know about you personally, but 
based off of what I've read about other teams and some of the more top-level teams, there's a lot of good defensive lines in college football. I don't know if there's a better one than the one that Ohio State has right now. And we wrote an article today, Chad Peltier did, about why Ohio State wasn't able to get after the quarterback more last season, especially given how many guys they had and how many guys that are coming back this year. And I think that ties along with maybe using a guy like Sam Hubbard in a different sort of role on passing down packages or or second and longs, third and longs, whatever you may have. But I think that if you're really going to watch one position group here, it's got to be the defensive line because there's a bunch of badass dudes here. If you have guys like Robert Landers, who had more tackles for loss last year than Nick Bosa, people forget that. And you also have a guy like Jonathan Cooper, who from all indications and what the coaches have said about him is just an absolute beast. And those are like your second string guys then I think it'll be interesting to look at the rotations here, look at how they're being used, whether on third downs you see more of the Rushman package, and then you see Sam Hubbard coming off the edge. I think that they can do a multitude of things here, and I really do think this will give us a nice little window into seeing how this defensive line is used and some of the strategies and tactics that they may have that they didn't have last year to get after the quarterback because I, I think this is one of the, this is the best defensive line in the country and I would expect that their ability to get after the passer will dramatically increase this season this that is another final really good point I think um, the potential mismatch in the spring game between the defensive line and the offensive line the depth between the two, I, I think is you can't even compare them. Defensive line, you know, one through eight, one through nine, should be a lot, very far ahead of of the offensive line. And when you're bringing in some of these younger quarterbacks, a, a Burrow or a Tate Martell or a Dwayne Haskins, and having to to figure out um, that kind of pressure, another reason why I wouldn't expect big offensive box scores for the spring game. So let me ask you this question, and then we can kind of trans- maybe transition away from this a little bit. What are some things that, if they happen in the spring game, other than an injury, would alarm you? Gosh, I think that the biggest one for me, just going back to the defensive line, is if they weren't able to get pressure. And I know that there probably won't be a lot of hits on quarterbacks in the game on Saturday. But if guys off the edge aren't able to get home, if if somebody like Sam Hubbard is being used in that outside linebacker role to get after the quarterback and isn't able to get there, I think that that'll be concerning and more so than just like oh they weren't able to do it against Ohio State's offensive line I do think that if they're not able to get after the passer when it gets to the regular season if that's a problem that continues that may be where we see this young very talented secondary but really green kind of get abused especially in games like Penn State where you're facing a team that can really sling the ball Oklahoma has Baker Mayfield coming back so I think that if they're not able to get a pass rush on Saturday, that'll worry me a little bit, given how young this secondary. That would be that's my biggest concern. I I don't know how much I would read into that. It would be alarming, um, especially if Ohio State's veterans played a, a lot of snaps and they weren't able to get a pass rush. But um, you know, I, I I think that might depend contextually. I think really other than injuries, because that you, that's what you really hope for doesn't happen, and that can really mess up your season. The one thing that I would be most concerned about is special teams. Uh, Ohio State hasn't had great place kicking the past couple of seasons. You know, Sean Nuremberger is coming back. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's received a full-throated vote of confidence uh, 
throughout fall camp. Uh, and uh, Ohio State's replacing an amazing punter. Now, now granted, um, you know, the, the, the Buckeyes have recruited really well at, at both of those uh, positions. There's going to be options there. But if you're missing a bunch of 40-yard field goals, uh, and I imagine Ohio, Urban Meyer is going to put them in position to try a couple of those, or you're not punting very well. Uh, that that would make that, that unless there's like weird wind or something. That would be something I'm like, okay, maybe maybe we can take we can take something away from that. Yeah, and you know what does Bill always say, our colleague at SB Nation, that you don't want to kick a bunch of 35 and 40 yard field goals. You would rather get closer, go for it, and go score a touchdown. But it's a nice club to have in your bag, and as we saw. It almost cost him the Michigan game, uh, as well as a myriad of other things. But and it, it's kind of been their Achilles heel the last couple of years, I think, to to not have a steady, reliable kicker, especially in those clutch moments. And then looking at punter, that that's probably the big one because I don't think we give enough credit to how much, especially the last couple of years, when the offense really wasn't doing their part generating big plays or even efficiency wise how much Cameron Johnson and those punts whether they just flip the field or pinned a team inside their own 10 really mattered to what this team does because for as good as the offense has been for as good as the defense has been the last few years what's really helped them and I think what what's really supplemented that is they've been the best field position team in the country so Maybe Drew Christman or another guy is that guy and can step up, but until we know that, then I think it's a concern. I think we we take for granted a little bit how much Ohio State was bailed out a little by their ability to dominate field position and flip the field, uh, especially when their offense was struggling a little bit. All of those things really end up being correlated and connected. Um, and if that edge is dulled a little bit, the Buckeyes have to pick it up somewhere else. That might mean a more efficient offense. That might mean more disruptive pass rush than they had last season. It was a, a really interesting post Chad wrote for us, the one up recently, that suggested that maybe one of the reasons that Ohio State's sack numbers went down last year is that the defensive line was focusing on redirecting the direction of the pass rather than going for the hit on the quarterback in order to cause more interceptions. And certainly Ohio State did an excellent job of creating and putting themselves in a position to get interceptions last year. That you know that 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 maybe potentially be part of it. Maybe that's something that has to get adjusted if the punting game isn't as strong. Or, or you know your offense could be so good that you never even have to punt. Well, and maybe that mentality changes now because you don't have a guy like Malik Hooker or Marshawn Lattimore who can really get after the ball and has that sort of range. Even Gary on Conley there to back them up now with more younger players. You don't you don't really know yet whether they have that type of skill set and that type of range. So maybe that mentality changes to rather than, hey, let's let these guys in the back end force turnovers. Like, let, let's get after the quarterback, and that's the way we'll generate turnovers now. And, like, my final thing on the punting, and I think that most people by now realize what he meant. Like, go back and watch that Alabama Sugar Bowl game a couple years ago, and aside from that one punt, which he was roughed on, as well that bounced back that may have been the greatest punting game in like the history of college football and that really from both sides him and jk scott like they not single-handedly but they played a big role in that game and i I think that cam johnson had a massive part in ohio state winning that game and i think this team is really going to miss him I'm getting a couple of signals here through the window that my time in this particular conference room is nearing an end. So before we let these fine people go, is there anything 
non-spring game related that you're burning on right now whether that's ohio state related or just just life related that we should share i don't think so i like you said the internet is really upset like it started with food the other day and then it turned into the united stuff and then everything with the the comments today like i think my only advice to people would be like go outside enjoy the weather stay off twitter never tweet and if you do something wrong just say sorry and usually usually things work out that that level of it's an underrated skill man that's one of the most important things you need to learn when you get married or if you get married is how to say i'm sorry and event and then and then just move on i would agree um i had a couple of interesting things here put up about Ohio State basketball and their roster situation. So be sure to follow along there for the next couple of days as they may potentially go after a a JUCO or a graduate transfer to help fill out that roster. Also, uh, friends, if you're interested in college football history, keep your eyes peeled, keep your your DMs open, keep your eye on MattSBN on Twitter.com. Pre-order information for my forthcoming book, What If? A Closer Look at the Great Questions in College Football. Uh, will be coming soon. The draft is filed. Uh, the 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 cover is being designed as we speak. I should have that information for you soon. If you're interested in weird conference realignment history or a, a look at some of the great coaching changes in college football or how the NCAA started, uh, I think you'll enjoy what I've spent the last eight months on. I'm going to shudder when I read the afterward of what if the spot wasn't good. Uh, no, so I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I don't think the spot is mentioned. But in the draft that I have submitted right now, we'll see if it gets edited out. There are two footnotes that reference Notre Dame's four and eight record. That's worth a five star review on Amazon alone. Yeah, yeah. Please, um, please buy the book <laughs> when it comes out. I, I honestly think a lot of you guys will like it. There's, there's a, there's a cool story about Ohio State history uh, as well as an entire chapter about what would happen if Michigan left the didn't come back to the Big Ten because they did leave. Um, and that helped actually start the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. We'll talk more about that when when the book pre-sale is out. Uh, in the meantime, I'm Matt. That's Colton. This has been The Hangout in the Holy Land. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us wherever you download your podcast. If this podcast is agreeable to you, share it with your Buckeye friends. There's a lot of Ohio State podcasts out there. I appreciate you sticking with us. In the meantime, never tweet and go Bucks.